0: Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read, me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax,
1: and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance. Today's Read Me Romance is brought to you by lunch, because I can't figure out any more ways to hide the fact that I'm actually not working. Welcome back, lady listeners. I guess I'll just get on board with that. Since Tessa's using it nonstop, it is just me today, the Riley half of Alexa Riley, Leah and Tessa recorded by themselves this week because I was under the weather. You might still hear a little bit of it in my voice, but the cold just killed me which really sucks because I am a giant, giant fan of Ella Fox. And actually, a part of the series that she tangled Rated X into, it has I Don't and the I Want and the I Need series. You've probably heard me talk about it before because I Don't is like probably one of my favorite books. The hero in it is just perfect. I don't even – the first chapter of that book is just – Uh, I want to read it right now, and I've already read the book. I'm not even joking, like three times. So if you guys haven't got on that series, you definitely need to get on it if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, and they all are in Kindle Unlimited. So hop up on that, and I'm going to go ahead and let you guys roll right in, and I'll see you after.
0: Chapter 2 I see you're back, I say. Sounding like Captain Obvious. In my defense, I didn't think he'd be returning to LA until next week. I got back late last night. Oh, did you, um, have a nice flight? Mason rakes both of his hands through his dark brown hair and looks at me with evident frustration. Fuck the flight, Rory. We've got much bigger things to talk about. A fucking date? Really? My nerves are quickly replaced by annoyance. He's got balls. In a roundabout way, it's his fault I'm here. I wouldn't have agreed to this stupid date if we hadn't broken up 11 weeks ago, just before he left for Italy to be on the set of the new movie he's directing for Garrett Riordan's studio. Mason's clear frustration should not be a turn on, but I'd be lying if I said the thought of climbing him like a rock wall at the gym isn't an appealing idea right now reminding myself that we broke up for a good reason, albeit one I didn't fully explain to him. I steeled my resolve and take a deep breath. Am I not supposed to date? I ask, my voice casual. I didn't get that memo. He growls low in his throat, which causes my nipples to tighten. The sound is not all that far off from the one he makes when he's about to come. And I know if I don't control myself, he'll wind up realizing how affected I still am by him. I put my hands on my hips and glare at him. Don't get all growly alpha with me, buddy. I don't believe for one second that you really care about my dating life. His jaw clenches as he shakes his head emphatically. Don't ever doubt that I fucking care, Angel. I wave my hand dismissively. You know what I mean. We ended things, so I can't imagine why you think this concerns you one way or the other. If you'd have answered any of my emails, you'd know why I think it concerns me. He grumbles. I tried calling and texting, but you changed your fucking number instead of picking up. We need to talk, so here I am. I'm flustered by the fact that he was so determined to get to me. Honestly, I didn't expect him to care at all. Knowing I need to remain aloof, I shrug as though I'm indifferent. I distinctly remember telling you I wanted a clean break, I remind him. He frowns and stares at me in silence before he sighs and shakes his head. And I distinctly remember telling you I was fucking confused about what was going on. You came out of nowhere with the whole I don't think we should see each other anymore thing. I was caught off guard because I had no idea where any of that came from. I don't think rehashing the whole thing is necessary. Well, I do. But I can see you're not going to make this easy on me, he says gruffly. I'm tempted to tell him that cutting off communication wasn't easy for me, but I did it for a reason. Now he's here, and any scintilla of progress I made over the last 11 weeks has been wiped out. I'm too frustrated by that to contain my annoyance. Cut the crap, Mason. You need to respect that wasting time as your warm body du jour isn't something I aspired to. Giving you my number wasn't a wise move. If I'd known I was going to- Trailing off, I look away in an attempt to get my bearings. Damn it. I nearly admitted that I'd been falling in love with him. There is no way in hell I'm letting him in on that secret. The two of us weren't a good fit, I blurt. In retrospect, it's obvious that we never made sense. I've written the whole thing off as lust induced lunacy. Although I tell myself that I'd have steered clear of him had I known how he felt about relationships, I'm not sure I believe it. I can't imagine my life without having experienced the joy of being touched by this man. He doesn't need to know that, though. Body du jour? Lust-induced lunacy, he repeats, his voice low. I nod. Yep. His jaw clenches in a way that tells me he's not happy. First, you were never some random body to me, so don't ever say that shit again. Second, you're right. There was plenty of lust, and maybe it was crazy. But it was also a hell of a lot more than that, and we both know it. Jesus, Mason- Just hear me out, Rory. Will you please come with me so that we can talk? The laser-like focus he has on me right now is too damn heady, and my already hard nipples are aching for his touch. His gaze drops to my breasts as if he somehow knows they're pebbled. I'm reassured that he can't get visual confirmation of that, since I'm not dressed in any kind of sexy way. I didn't come here tonight with the intention of having a meaningful date, so I'm wearing a super soft, off-the-shoulder gray sweater, some black fitted pants, and a pair of black flats. The hunger in his gaze suggests that although he can't see the current condition of my nipples, he's thinking about what I look like naked. I cross my arms over my chest in an effort to divert his gaze. Come with you? I ask. Now? Yeah. You didn't get to eat dinner, so you must be hungry. I'll pick up some takeout. Hunger is to blame for the fact that the mention of food gets my attention. Where do you imagine we're eating this takeout? I ask, my tone full of suspicion. My place, he answers. Or, if that makes you uncomfortable, we can turn around and go eat in the shithole behind you. We need to talk, now and I'm willing to risk food poisoning to do it. I thought somewhere private would be more appropriate, but that's up to you. Imagining going back into that restaurant makes me shudder. It was so dank, I can't conceive of anything appetizing coming out of the kitchen. Why is it so important we do this tonight, I ask. You'll understand once we have the conversation, he answers. I know I should be strong enough to walk away but I'm interested in what he has to say. Besides, the seal has been broken. I've seen him, and nothing has changed with the way I feel, which means that until I can go back to not seeing him, I won't be able to get over him. Granted, that wasn't working for me before, but maybe after this talk, I'll feel better. People are always going on and on about closure. Maybe I didn't get the proper amount of it when I ended the relationship. Sighing. I nod. Fine, we can talk at your place. Only when his frame relaxes do I realize he's been uptight this entire time. The old house got fucked up in the Woolsey fire, so I'm crashing in a rental Garrett's uncle owns in Malibu. Give me your phone and I'll put the address into Google Maps and the codes to get in the house in your notes. I'll stop and pick up whatever you're in the mood for. Wait, is your house going to be okay? he nods. My roof is singed to shit, as is all the outdoor decking, but everything can be fixed in time. I'm so glad he wasn't in town when the fire was raging. I'd seen on the news that it was in his neighborhood and had felt sick. If he'd been home, I'd have been crawling out of my skin with anxiety. I'm glad it wasn't a total loss. Um, where in Malibu are you now? the neighborhood above Point Doom. So you'll be driving past the burger joint on PCH, I point out. He smirks as he nods. I should have known you'd want that. The usual, right? Sourdough burger, large curly fries, and a vanilla Coke. I'm surprised he remembers my order, even though we went through that drive through at least a half dozen times during the two months we dated. His old house is right off PCH, not too far from the burger joint. Although Mason gravitated to food from places like Nobu, he was always willing to eat greasy fast food because I like it. It was one of the things I'd found endearing about him, that he cared about my likes and dislikes. I loved that he never made me feel small or annoying. The one and only time I dated a man with money before Mason was a disaster. Daryl spent every second of the two dates we'd gone on, trying to impose his wants and his lifestyle on me. After that, I'd promised myself I'd never date anyone with money again. I'm a normal girl, born and raised in North Hollywood. If I weren't the assistant manager at the Tiffany store on Rodeo, Mason and I never would have met. He'd come in to pick up something from a friend's wedding registry and left with a little something extra. Namely, my phone number. I'd given it to him against my better judgment, worried he'd be a rich prick. Instead, Mason was down to earth, real, and far from snobby. Looking back, I think it would have been impossible for me not to fall for him, hard. I didn't get my heart back when we split up. Fearing my voice might crack if I talk right now, I nod to let him know that he's right about my order. Needing a moment without him looking at me, I take my phone from my purse and hand it to him. My heart skips a few beats while I stare at the top of his head as his thumbs rapidly move across my phone screen. He seems different somehow. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's been a change. When he looks up from the phone and catches me studying him, he grins. I can feel a blush spreading across my cheeks as I take the phone. I feign indifference as I drop the phone back into my purse and pull my keys out. As I do, a thought bubbles to the surface of my mind. Wait a second, I snap. It's awfully damn suspicious that you just happened to be in the shittiest restaurant in Los Angeles at the exact same time I was in here on a date. What the hell, Mason? The look on his face confirms that this was no accident. He assesses me for a few seconds as he chooses his words. After all this time not being able to get a hold of you, I had to reach out to Carly a few days ago. She ignored me until she texted a little over an hour ago. She said you were on a date and it was now or never if I really wanted to talk to you. Suddenly Carly insisting I pay special attention to my hair and makeup tonight makes far more sense than it did. I thought she'd lost her mind and was thinking my blind date was going to wind up being husband material or something. A ludicrous idea, even before I met Ham. Now I realize she was really setting me up to see Mason. That little shit is in so much trouble with me. She's damn lucky I've got bigger things on my mind now. I'm allowed to date, I remind him. He grimaces and rubs at his forehead. Enough talk of dating. He says stiffly, let me walk you to your car so we can get this show on the road. The sooner we get going, the sooner we can get back to my house to talk. I nod, then gesture with my chin to where my black Prius is parked. I think I can make it 30 steps without an escort. I'm not sure about that in this fucking neighborhood. He snaps. That guy was a fucking dick for making you come to the middle of LA for dinner and to the world's biggest shithole at that. I can tell he's really not into this neighborhood, because after he sees me to my car, he stands and waits until I've closed and locked my door before he walks away. It's not until after I pull away that I realize I might be making a horrible mistake. I don't know what he wants to talk about, but I know that if he suggests some kind of fuck-buddy arrangement, I'm going to lose it. Closure, I remind myself. That's all he wants out of this. At least, that's my hope.
1: Welcome back! I'm sure you guys are loving it because I know the second I got this book on my Kindle, I read it immediately like I do all of my Ella Fox stuff. But I did want to mention also to make sure that you're clicking in the notes, I'll go ahead and put the link to I Don't and all those in there along with entering Ella's giveaway. And there's, I'm sure there's some sales going on as well. I'm a little unprepared. Don't tell Tessa. But you can go ahead and click those. Everything will be in the show notes as usual. As well as I wanted to mention that Susan Stoker has a book out today called Defending Morgan. If you wanted to pick that up, that's also in Kindle Unlimited. And it's on Audible, so you can listen to it if you're looking for something to listen to right after this. And I will see you guys tomorrow. It'll just be me again. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance.